a bad deer, boys. Welcome back to the 573 Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Ebers, and man, does it feel good to be back in the podcast studio. We are talking to Zach Shermer of Hunting the Ozarks, and we're going to talk about how he hunts whitetails using water access. He's got a lot of great information, and today he's going to present it all. So another thing for some, you know, housekeeping stuff is we did take a little bit of a break um, for after turkey season. You know, we hit it hard, but, you know, this is a leisure thing for us. We're not trying to burn out or anything. You know, we're enjoying, and that's what it's all about is enjoying it. So we do have uh, some some cool podcasts lined up for the summer. We are going to dial it back on the videos a little bit on YouTube, but we do have some cool ideas for some videos um, in the future with the 573. I hope you guys have been enjoying those videos. You can find those videos at the 573 on YouTube. And uh, we've got our whole turkey season up now. And uh, it's been, it was a really great, great adventure this year. And we got to visit a lot of states and stuff like that. But anyways, why don't we get into the podcast? Hope you guys enjoy. mustache thanks man <laughs> <laughs> i got yeah you should have seen it during turkey season it was, it was yeah the turkey good. stash oh thick my friend thick my friend my wife was telling me that yeah i had to go so as soon as turkey season <laughs> ended i shaved it got home you just gotta Nebraska. keep you, you just gotta keep it going dude yeah hey <laughs> well we're rolling man and uh, oh, okay yeah we've got zach Shermer from hunting the ozarks on today he's over the phone and uh we're doing a little facetime action and you know i i hate to say it but like you know we're as far out as we possibly can be from whitetails on either end of the (laughs) spectrum so i'm starting to have severe whitetail withdrawals and had to get Mm -hmm. you on to talk about it you know so i'm glad you came on otherwise my head might explode (laughs) well i appreciate you having me man no i get it i get it it's uh it's that, you know, turkey season's over. Uh, I saw you guys had a pretty good spring, it looked like, too. Um, but uh, this summertime is always like, all right, deer season's next. Let's get it going here and start that scouting routine. So I'm getting pumped for, for deer season as well. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, as soon as the this turkey season ended, it was back to whitetails. But, yeah, we mm-hmm. did have a lot of fun in the spring, you know, got to see some new places and had some success. So it was a really good time. But – Man, I, I've been uh, following you for about a year now. I, I kind of stumbled upon you on YouTube about a year ago. And ironically, I started my own YouTube page just recently. And some of the edits and transitions I saw you doing were, were kind of inspirational to me. So I really enjoyed watching the content that you were putting out and kind of mimicked some of that in, the, in my own videos a little bit. And... Then I got to watching you and seeing how you hunted and all that stuff came together. I'm like, man, we got to get this guy on the podcast. Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Um, I started, yeah, I started videoing stuff probably over seven years ago and it kind of started, 
after I graduated college, I got a job up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, just a random sales job and, uh, never been that far North. And I was like, you know what? I need to get a camera because I was going to do a lot of bird hunting, you know, pheasant hunting and stuff like that. And that was kind of the light bulb moment. Once I bought that camera off a whim and started shooting stuff and, uh, just started editing them all on a little iPad and kind of the light bulb went off. Like, this is what I want to do. So I actually do own my own business, um, in the, you know, video production space too. So, um, like I work with cool. a lot of real estate agents around town. I do like real estate videos, photography, and I've done some like hunting stuff too. So, um, I just kind of took that mentality into my YouTube channel and, uh, you know, the YouTube channel is a little bit more YouTube type videos than they are like the, sure. you know, professional yeah. stuff that I'd shoot, but still very similar, you know, I'm just. So your day job, <laughs> your day job is to video for like real estate yeah that, oh. yeah that's that's kind of what i call my day job is that like especially this year like with the pandemic and stuff like real estate stuff's gone crazy oh so yeah i bet you've been busy telling, yeah this spring's been like all i've been doing is real estate shoots so i do call that my day job uh, but i travel some too like i did like a shoot for just a, a random like engineering company in austin texas a few weeks ago so i was there for a couple of days shot video for a marketing firm they're going to redo their website so yeah I have a camera in my day in my hand pretty much every day or a drone or something. And when you were in South Dakota, that's kind of what inspired you to start filming hunting content. Yeah. So like I, I grew up hunting obviously. And, uh, we just never really filmed it. Like my dad was taking us turkey hunting when we were like 10 years old and we started deer hunting and doing all that stuff. But it was South Dakota. Like I said, like I don't, within a month or two of being up there, I was like, I took one of my paychecks and I was like, uh, let's just go to Best Buy and go buy a little point and shoot camera. I still have that point and shoot camera today. And I shot some like duck hunting stuff and uh, I didn't know I had no business with a camera in my hand at the time, but, uh, shot some stuff and I started messing around with it on my iPad. And I was like, this is, this is where it's at. Like, this is cool. <laughs> like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> Very cool. So. Yeah. I, I definitely don't have any business holding the camera right now. Uh, so hopefully I get to, to the point <laughs> Dude, where you're keep- at keep grinding man <laughs> well, we'll have to talk after the podcast on, on some yeah. equipment and specs and stuff like that but uh yeah um getting into the hunting aspect of things how long mm-hmm. have you been hunting down in the ozarks oh man like i said i i actually grew up uh where i live now so i grew up in ozark missouri if anyone's familiar it's close to bass pro bass pro started in springfield so we're just south of there um the one that yeah, takes like kinda, three days to get through yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much the big giant one really cool store yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, I grew up here. Uh, yeah, but my dad was taking us turkey hunting when we were like 10. He he started late in life hunting, probably when he was in college or something, started turkey hunting. But he had built a relationship with some people that live in Bolivar. Are you familiar with Bolivar? Oh, yeah. Just north of Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he would take us there turkey hunting. And, you know, every year we just kept hunting. And, and my dad kept getting more obsessed with it. And then uh, I had some family on my mom's side that actually owns some property up where you're at like Moberly area um they've let us we started deer hunting that so yeah I just I just grew up hunting we were always never missed a deer season it was mostly gun whenever we were younger but then my dad was like well I'm gonna get into bow hunting because uh you can hunt longer so we all started kind of following suit in his footsteps so yeah good idea here pretty much my whole life yeah exactly so you've been hunting Ozarks your whole life um the channel hunting the Ozarks, 
how long ago did you start that channel up? I've got it pulled up here. Let me double check. I think it's like set. Yeah. Seven years was the first, the, the very first video on here wow. was the very first video I've ever edited in South Dakota. It's okay. a, it's, I killed a Merriam Turkey, uh, on public land with a bow, no blind. Uh, it was cool. That was the very first thing that I edited and it was seven years ago. So I, I took a hiatus though, because, um, you know, we, me and my buddies, uh, so I was in South Dakota, obviously, when I started the channel. Then whenever I'd come back, like, for deer season and stuff, me and my buddies would be just goofing around, filming ourselves and just putting them up on YouTube. And then um, I, I took a hiatus because I was starting my business and I just didn't have a lot of free time. So uh, I kind of needed to get that running. And I was getting married, too. So I was, And she, my wife was still in school. So I was like, I got to make money while she's still in school. So I, sure. I was still hunting, but I just wasn't taking the time and effort that it, that it takes to, like, self-film and do it right. So now that I've kind of got my business running a little bit better, I can spend a little more time on it. Yeah, and you had some really cool turkey hunts in Nebraska this year, and I think you even re-edited some, some uh, turkey hunts from previous years and made them look really, really good. Yeah, those were fun to look back on. And yeah, this Nebraska this year was, was, uh, it was awesome. We, we've hunted up there, uh, probably like four years now. I, I love it up there. Turkey hunting. They're just, they're so much dumber up there than they are here in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I, that was my first experience in Nebraska this year. So it, it was pretty cool. It's, a uh, definitely different than the Ozarks. No doubt oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, most of the time this year, this part of the year, <laughs> Most people are thinking about, you know, boats and lake and, mm-hmm. you know, enjoying that. We're going to talk about boats and lakes, but not how maybe most people would be thinking about this time of the year. Um, you've been on most of your videos when it comes to whitetails hunting a lot of uh, water access. And I just had to pick your brain about that because I feel like not a lot of people have that niche and use that as much to their advantage as you do. So um, I figured, hey, since this guy's been doing it so long and it's boating season, we might as well be talking about hunting from the water access. So yeah, uh, I guess my first question is, is when did you actually start to uh, use the water to your advantage? So for act- for just for the deer hunting side of it, not very long, to be honest. Uh probably about four years and my best friend lives in in, uh he lives in arkansas now we went to school together but he uh had bought a lake property um on one of the lakes down in northern arkansas and him and his buddies started hunting it that way and i was like my like a light bulb kind of went off like dude this is what i need to be doing back at home too like this is the way to do it now we've always we had a buddy in high school that bought a boat to duck hunt and we've always been on boats because, I mean, we live in Ozarks. We have water every – like, there's lakes within probably – there's, like, five different lakes within two hours of my house. So we have water and rivers wow. everywhere. So we've always, like, gigged or fished rivers from boats, like little flat bottoms. But it's been about four years that we started, like, really seriously doing it, like, deer hunting with it. And I'm not turning back. Like, it's kind of opened up a ton of opportunities as far as like getting places. Like it's just, and it's fun. Like it's something unique. It's fun. And like you said, I don't want to spill the beans on it. Cause now I don't want to be running a bunch of boaters out there, but it, 
it's kind of like a little hidden secret. Well, <laughs> luckily, <use> luckily, <laughs> uh, our podcast isn't too famous, so we'll, <laughs> you won't be spilling the secrets on too many things. No. But uh, I do have some questions I'm going to be picking your brain no, about no, you're good. on some of your videos uh, that we'll get into in a minute. But I guess my first question about hunting water access is what advantages have you noticed about hunting via water? Right. And, you know, it, it really kind of depends on where we're hunting to. Um, so, you know, one of the lakes that we hunt, it, it, it really kind of all comes down to access. So one of the lakes that we hunt, there's a lot of access to the areas that we hunt via truck, you know, parking lots and stuff like that. So boat doesn't necessarily give you the biggest advantage on those places. Um, there are some places that are much easier to get to, obviously with a boat, um, and it's quicker, you don't have to hike, uh, hike as long. And also, you know, that particular lake where we're hunting, it's really hilly. So our boat's at the lowest point. So if you kill something, everything's a downhill drag. Oh, that's nice. So like, that's really nice. Yeah. So that's just for that particular lake. But where I hunt in Missouri, um, it's, I'll say it's pretty remote. Um, and the fact that there's, uh, the areas that I'm getting into, there's not a ton of road access, not a ton of parking spots. So, you know, for obvious reasons, boat in access you just get to areas where deer are not pressured as much um and that's by far the biggest advantage right like you're just you don't have to hike three miles and you know one particular spot i hunt there is a parking lot but it's like a two mile hike to get back to the spot where i hunt and you have to walk through really good like really good habitat whereas like on a boat i can come in it's still a long hike to get back to the spot i've never ran into a soul there but to get back there it's still a brutal hike but it's quicker from the boat so those are the type of areas that I kind of target, um, okay. kind of those remote areas where it's hard to get a, you know, hard to hike to, or people just don't want to hike to it. Are you seeing a lot of people use, utilizing boats down where you're at? A few, uh, more in Arkansas than Missouri, for sure. Um, where I hunt in Missouri, most of the public land hunting that I do in Missouri is just early season. And then once the rut kind of kicks in, we kind of transition to hunting like private stuff because it gets a little more crowded, but early season dude it's it feels like you have the place to yourself it's cool like it's it's brutal hunting though because it can be real hot and most people associate you know oh it's hot the deer aren't moving but i'm seeing a lot of deer early season in those spots like it's just i i i kind of summarize deer hunting down to pressure if they're not pressured you're going to see deer no matter what time of season is and you're going to see them on their feet early really early in the day yeah no you're completely right i think another thing that turns people off about hunting near water in the hot summer sun is mosquitoes oh yeah that's brutal how do you combat that (laughs) thermosel man and just deal with it (laughs) yeah how much does it actually uh help you do you feel the thermosel it it definitely helps but it's not you know it's not like it kills every mosquito around you but it definitely helps. It, it, it's noticeable whenever like that little wafer burns out or like you're out of fuel. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm getting more mosquitoes. So I just refill it and it definitely helps. But yeah, there's some low spots that I hunt on that lake in Missouri that dude, it's nasty. Like it looks like Louisiana. Some of this, it's weird. It's real marshy and there's mosquitoes everywhere. It's nasty. I, uh, but that's where the deer are. Yeah. Hey, you gotta be where the deer are to kill them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, Early in college, you know, I, I didn't actually even know that there was such a thing as a thermocell. And I was hunting near the Missouri River, like in the river bottoms. And 
My goodness. I was, I mean, you were constantly moving because there was Mm -hmm. 20 or 30 of them surrounded you. Probably underestimated how many there actually was around me. But it just, it can be really a pain in the ass. So I need to check out that thermocell. I've never actually used one. So I think it'd be a big advantage. It helps. It helps a lot. Again, it's not like it's foolproof. It's not like it kills everything or like gets everything away from you, but it, it's very noticeable when it's not working right. But yeah, you need to get one. Note taken. <laughs> Are you, uh, so what, what does your rig look like? What's your setup? Your, uh, your boat? Uh, it's a, uh, anyone that's listening, if you want to check it out, go to Hunting the Ozarks at you, on YouTube and you can see the, my most recent video where I talk about it. Just yeah. shameless plug there. <laughs> and, uh, I got a, uh, it's a low roughneck 15, I think 42. So it's a little narrower than I want. I bought it last year, but it's a little bit longer. It's a mod V uh, hole. So I can have a little more control on bigger water, like returning and steering and stuff like that. But uh, it's a nice setup. I got a 30 horse Yamaha with a uh, electric start and it's on a power trim and tilt. Um, like where you just, you know, there's a lever by my, by my leg. I can, push it up and the motor will trim up so I can get in shallow water or trim it down. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a sweet little setup and I got like a, I don't know, it's like a 45 pound thrust, uh, trolling motor. That's a wireless remote. So I can just put on a lanyard and I can control the boat from anywhere in the boat with just a, so it's not like your normal foot pedal trolling motor, uh, which is kind of nice too. If it's like super dead quiet and you want to get into a cove and kind of kill your motor early and just kind of, yeah it's a little little quieter but and it's good for fishing too but it's a nice little rig though have you had any issues spooking deer getting into your setups surprisingly no not real i mean they're deer that live around the lakes are used to it um but it's funny because like this year we do uh uh we always do like a new year's hunt down in arkansas with all the arkansas guys and we were down there this year and i pulled into this cove and, uh, you know, I was making noise, you know, I, I didn't do the trolling motor trick. I just motored right up into the rocks and, and I was getting my backpack on. As soon as I stepped off that boat and took like three steps on the gravel, there was a herd of deer that just took off. And it's like, you didn't spook cause my motor or anything else. No. But as soon as I stepped off, they ran. Just thinking so, you were another local fisherman. Yeah, Not probably. When you, uh, when you see those deer, uh, bedding close to the, to the water, are they usually using the wind over their back, kind of facing the water, or is it? have you noticed anything about the way they bed right next to the water? Um, that's a good question because uh, that lake that I'm talking about in Arkansas, it's much ridgy. It's, you know, it's like big hills. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going to be bedding up on ridges because uh, that type of habitat there, it's not – it's not similar at all to the lakes that I hunt in Missouri where they have better bedding habitat. And that's also lake level dependent too. But yeah, the ones in Arkansas are going to use the ridges more. Uh, the ones in Missouri that I hunt, it's, I've noticed the bedding depends upon lake levels. So if the lake level is high, uh, during growing season, like right now we have a high lake level and mm-hmm. might knock down a lot of that brush that grows up around like those river bottoms. Yeah. And you know, come fall that brush only might be like you know yay big like six inches big or something because it's this had water pressure over it so it's new growth pretty late yeah so if that's the case then what i'll hunt the same areas but they'll be bedding on the ridges 
and they'll be coming down to the bottoms and almost feeding into the bottoms as if that's like a fresh, you know, food plot. So there's like fresh growth. But if the, the water's low, that bottom has a chance to grow real tall and brushy. And I've noticed they bed in that stuff when the water's low or at normal levels. And then they'll work their way up the ridge, <clears throat> excuse me, to feed on acorns. Oh, man. That's kind of what I've noticed. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope hope that this isn't the same strategy stuff that I got at, about to ask you then because then, uh, well, podcast is over. <laughs> no, that's that's more just hunting strategy. But. Yeah, that's what I'm getting into. So, okay. yeah, what, I, what I've what uh, i noticed in, in some of your videos, you mentioned hunting river arms off of lakes. So I was hoping you could tell us your approach to, to those areas and, and why they're your preferred site to hunt when hunting near water sources. Perfect, yeah. Okay, so... It's kind of like uh, there's kind of three steps that I take uh, when hunting from a lake on deciding on where to go. And, you know, you you kind of follow them in any which order. But the first would be like pick out the, the arm of the lake that you want to hunt. And for me, I don't want to be much further than an hour and a half from home because most of my trips are just day trips. You know, if I'm doing like a weekend trip, I might travel a little bit further. But 90% of the time, I'm an hour and a half from home. So that kind of limits me to one section of the lake, which is fine because there's crazy amount of public just in that one section so pick the the arm that you want to hunt and then mark all the the boat launches right like you got to know where you can launch your boat and don't go to one at night like the first morning you go there you go in there pitch black because some of those are pretty remote launches and it could be really sketchy so go to one in the evening so find the launches and i don't like to drive further than like in my boat five miles from the boat launch in any direction so i don't that just it's just a comfort thing. You know, if you have a bigger gas tank or bigger motor and you can get further away, then it's better. But I try to keep like a five mile radius of that boat launch on my boat. So I, you know, it's a 10 mile round trip. Yeah. And then, um, the last and most important is habitat. Like I'm looking for deer habitat. So honestly, the re the, the way that I usually start out is looking for habitat and I kind of work backwards. Um, and then I'm also looking for like road access. So like, within that five mile radius, I'm looking, where's the least amount of roads and parking lots? Like what's the most remote stuff I can find. And that's what I'm targeting first. And it just so happens, like you said, that typically ends up being off like a secluded cove on a river arm that typically ends up being that type of stuff. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And so So that's kind of why I've targeted on that. Now I'm going to, I'm going to try some different stuff this year, but the last three, four years, that's kind of what I've been targeting. All right, and so the biggest reason has to do with the pressure, trying to get away from the pressure. Is there anything you notice about the movement in those arms that makes it uh, um, better for or more strategic for bow hunting? Um, I mean, not necessarily – I, like I said, or like I, I'm a firm believer that deer hunting comes down to pre- like the the air. Like this this last fall was probably the best early season I ever had. With like every time I went out, I'd see a buck that I'd shoot. Now the bucks that I'm shooting are not like the bucks you guys are shooting up in Columbia. They're a little bit smaller and daintier, but and it's public right. land, so I'm working pretty hard. So I'm going to shoot the first decent buck I see. And you killed some good ones. Um, I appreciate it, but um, yeah, so. Uh, no not there's nothing really necessarily in particular different from those spots other than like i said like 
the habitat in those areas typically end up being really, really good deer habitat okay. and they just don't get pressure. So like, you know, I, I think a buck, you know, I'm not like a big, like, yeah, I hunt, you know, whatever close to beds or whatever, but really I'm trying to find just that transition area, transition bedding, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. where they're going to get up early. Like a deer gets up well before dark typically, and they feed around within probably like a 50 to maybe a hundred yard radius of where they get up. And they might do that for two hours before dark. So I find those areas where the transitions of the bedding, like, so like the tall brushy stuff meets like a nice white Oak stand and the, and it goes up to a Ridge. That's where I'm, that's where I'm looking to be. Okay. And if those white Oaks are falling, you're probably going to see deer early All in right. the day. Yeah. So a little bit of diversity and, and you notice there's more diversity in those river arms right there in the coves of lakes. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously with a combination of no pressure, uh, that's, that's equals good hunting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You just see deer moving, man. So, you know, I'm going to refer back to another one of your videos that I really enjoyed. And that was the buck that you killed with your bow last October. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, you did the same, that the, that the buck that you ended up killing did the same thing that other bucks did on opening weekend. Since that time, you know, and, and since that hunt took place, what have you figured out about why those bucks chose that route and uh, what that setup looked like? Yeah, so it's almost exactly what I just described, except I'm, I'm not as close to the bed. Uh, well, I don't know exactly where they're bedding because that bottom that they're in is huge. Excuse me. So I don't know exactly where they're betting on that one, but mm-hmm. I know they're betting somewhere in that bottom. And I didn't like, I think even in that interview when I was setting up, I was like, I, I always second guess myself. Cause I was like, I think this is where they're going to be. They did this movement. Like these two bucks did the same path last weekend when I was hunting, but I was like, I don't know. Like, I think this is what they're, I was just second guessing myself, but I thought it was odd that they made the same route. And I think I'm trying to describe the topography of this particular spot because I thought they'd be, um, last year when I hunted it, it was a, it was a high water year, I believe. So they weren't betting in the bottom. So they were betting on the ridge and going down to the bottom. So I knew they were using that ridge to travel up or down one of the two. So I knew I needed to be somewhere on the ridge. I just didn't know where, like, if you were thinking of like a compass, I knew they'd be coming from the east to the west. I just didn't know how far north or south I need to set up on them, right? Sure. To intersect yeah. that east and west. And I think the reason they were transitioning right at that spot was there were some fresh white oaks that were falling to it right where they were transitioning. And that ridge, that the base of the ridge that I was hunting was really steep on one side. Like, it was almost like a bluff on one side. And I was probably, like, within... 60 70 yards from that bluff side in like if the bluff would be to the north i'd be to the south of it and they were just transitioning from the bottom to get onto the ridge right before the bluff part right does that make sense yeah, yeah so they weren't sense. take they weren't necessarily taking like the easiest route to the ridge because there was an easier route that wasn't as steep to get there but they were taking the closest to that bluff side that they could get and safely get on the ridge yeah, that, that makes I, sense. I, I'm trying to paint a picture in it, but um, I think what they might be thinking is like, 
well, nothing's probably going to get me from that side, right? It's a pinch point. It's essentially just a pinch point, right? Like laid out by terrain. The, yeah, laid out by terrain. Exactly. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was, I was. Don't get me wrong. I was shocked that that buck did the same move that the other two bucks did the weekend before. Um, but looking back on it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I'm not super shocked because it makes sense why they did it. You know. Right, and and they were they were going up to that ridge to feed on white oaks, I'm sure, and because that's what was hot at the time. Yep. Now, did you notice a lot of sign in that area whenever you were scouting your way in, or just kind no. of happenstance from opening weekend I, knowledge? It's just opening weekend knowledge. I did find a few rubs um, that were within bow range of me, but uh, last year for some reason, I did I. I wasn't running into the sign like I had in years past. Like two years ago, I found sign. It was like everywhere. But last year, for some reason, I was having issues finding sign, but I was finding deer. And mm. I think it was just, you know, more experience on that lake and, and just kind of knowing how, like, hunting those transition areas that, I'm, that I've been, ta- like, describing and talking about and how they use them. I kind of just relied on my knowledge other than just like sign. I was looking for sign. Don't get me wrong. I just wasn't finding it like I was two, three years ago. Now, two or three years ago, was that water low or was it high? It was. It, um, I'm sorry. It was, it was two years ago. The water was high. So the river bottoms were knocked down. Okay. So those so shoots were, were coming up right at the right time. Yeah. And they, and that's when I noticed they were using them like food plots and I killed a buck two years ago in another cove that was he was doing the opposite he was coming down off the ridge it was a beautiful ridge like white oak ridge with like waist high brush in between all the white oaks so it was like a perfect bedding ridge yeah and they were coming down the ridge and feeding on the banks of the lake like a food plot <clears throat> so yeah I, yeah i think it changes year by year on that on that body of water and the and the body of water we hunt in arkansas too i think it changes too there's definitely a lot of takeaways from from everything that you've mentioned already and one interesting takeaway is the fact that those bucks were not using the path of least resistance they were using the most advantageous path for them to um, get away from harm Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like um, it wasn't necessarily a hard route that they took like you know me or you could just run right up there's like a steep bank so the ridge comes down and it kind of eases, flattens out a little bit, and then it kind of drops off like a berm. And then once you drop off that berm, it's flat all the way to the river for as far as you can see. <clears throat> so it's it's not like a super steep part where they're coming up. So it wasn't like a difficult area for them to cross. But like I said, if you were to go further, you know, in this example, we'll just call it north, it got really steep. So okay. they, they were just hugging tight to that steep ridge. Sure. All right, so I don't want to get uh, too deep into the weeds and and give up all your secrets, but uh, I guess the question would be, are you utilizing the water for any type of thermals um, or or wind direction to kind of keep you from being smelled by any white-tailed deer? Um, No, not I mean... Yeah, it's kind of intuitive. There's a few spots that I have to rely on that because they're like, they're almost like in bottoms or like, they're all kind of bottoms that I'm hunting, but they're huge. But there's one particular one that's like just a little, just a tiny creek that doesn't flow unless there's high water. And it's like a, not as like a shallower bottom, but 
you kind of got to rely on it there um, and use that draw of the thermal. But typically, no, I'll be honest, I don't as much. Now, I'm a stickler on wind, you know. Yeah. If, if it's a bad wind, I'm not going to hunt in there. But, um, no, I don't rely a ton on the thermals. Like so the spot where I killed that buck last year, it, it was in the evening. Well, he I killed him early, but it would have been starting to pull down into their bed, honestly. And every time I've hunted that spot, I, that's always crossed my mind. Like I'm sitting at the base of a ridge. So like that wind in the evening is probably, or those thermals are going to sweep down that ridge and hit that bottom, but I've never had them spook. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't know why. Um, Do you use anything like out. milkweed or uh, just like uh, one of those handheld air sprayers just to see which uh, way the wind's going? Or how Dude, your thermals you just, are doing? Like dirt or just crumple up some leaves. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if, if I find, you know, find some milkweed or something just to test it. And I'm always like looking on my phone too, like looking at the wind patterns, but you can kind of feel it. But yeah, I'm, I'm testing it with something. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what time of day was that buck killed? I mean, you know, I, when you're talking yeah. about thermals, I guess if it was early in the day, you wouldn't have to worry about too much of a drop. No, yeah, I killed him pretty early in the day, I suppose. But I've hunted that area before, like in right until dark, and um, I hadn't had any issues. But no, I killed that buck early. I killed him like, man, I don't know. Th- I think I said it in the in the video I made, probably like around three or four ish. I I killed him early, so it wasn't probably a threat then. But like I said, I've hunted there before in the evening, all the way till dark, and I I haven't had anything spook yet. But they probably weren't betting in that exact same spot when I hunted it. Right. Cause I would have probably seen them or they were betting maybe up on the ridge. So I wasn't in any danger of having them smell my thermals. I'm, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Or the terrain, some, something in there is doing something to shift it for you. Yeah, I guess Just the I right know. way. There's a lot of luck involved. Too. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's deer hunting for you. I'm just trying to figure out how to increase my odds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. When it comes to hunting over the water, you know, I I don't do a lot of it. So um had to pick your brain about it. And I've got uh, one more hunting strategy question and then yeah. a couple other things. Uh, do you find that there is a part of the season where hunting over water si- sources is better than, say, another part of the season? So, like, you got early season, mid-season, late season – when do you find is the best time to be hunting near a big um, water source? Like I said before, I don't, I kind of treat the public like the lake stuff is like an early season hunt. Um, so I don't really have a ton of experience hunting any of those spots. Like, you know, during prime time, like November 1st through whatever, you know, 20th or whatever. I have gun hunted it before, but, um, no, so I just, most of my experience is early season. So, I, you know, yeah, I suppose, you know, it's hot and I don't hunt by any ponds. So, I, you know, there's water available for them. I've scouted multiple times in the summer on those riverbanks and I see tons of like does and stuff walk right to the riverbank. I have footage of them feet like drinking right in the water. So, yeah, I suppose early season is probably a little bit better because there's water available. Yeah. Um, relatively easy for them. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you run trail cameras? No, you can't. I've, I've done it before. I think 
Missouri recently on public, they changed it. Like if it's like managed by the state, Uh, I don't think you can run them anymore. That's right. Yeah. And I didn't know, I honestly didn't know that. So I, on one of my videos, I broke the law and someone called me out. (laughs) I had a, I had a video or I had a, I made a video of my trail cam getting stolen and it was on a managed land and they're like, Oh, you can't have it on there anyways. I was like, Oh, well, whatever. You shouldn't be stealing my shit anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Kind of pissed me off. But so no, I don't really run them. Like, like I said, I'm, uh, like this public land stuff. It's fun. Like I'm not hunting particular deer. Like I, I am obsessed with like learning areas. If you haven't noticed, like I'm obsessed with figuring out how deer use a particular area. And if there happens to be a good buck in there, sweet. If it's a 115, cool. I'm shooting it. Like it's just fun getting in there with a bow and figuring it out. Yeah. Just figuring an area out. So I'm not like super concerned with what kind of bucks in that area. If there's, if I'm seeing hoof tracks all over the place, I don't need to, I'm like, there's deer in here. I'll hunt it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah. one of my favorite things about bow hunting is just trying to figure out a place and mm-hmm. uh, really learning it and then eventually capitalizing on it. Those things are really attractive to me. Right. So, um, we're going to refer again back to your latest, latest video, which you kind of already, you know, dropped, was that you talked about your boat setup, and we kind of talked about it a little bit here. But what advice can you give the listeners when they're thinking about getting a rig or a setup to start hunting using water as their access? Yeah, I kind of alluded to it at the end part, like the very end of that video. So go, yeah. just go watch. Just, just go watch Honey Knows Arcs. <laughs> Yeah, that one needs some more views. Um, no, I, I would say, like, I kind of talked about it at the end of that video. Like, just, it's sketchy. Like, I'm not going to lie. It can be really sketchy being on the water by yourself. You know, it's late, early in the morning, late at night. It's dark. So get something you're comfortable and you feel safe in. That's the number one thing I'd say. Um, you know, I'm bad about, you know, I have a life vest in my boat. I do. So I am legal there. I don't wear it, but I try to always put on my kill switch for sure. As soon as you start your motor, put on your kill switch. So if you fall or something, it kills the motor, but I would just be super cautious. Like whenever you go to look to buy a boat, make sure you test drive it and make sure wherever you test drive it, you run the thing full throttle and you feel comfortable with the power of whatever motor you get. And that would be number one is make sure you're comfortable in it. And number two, you know, don't get too much boat. Like I've had a buddy that's had six, you know, 16 foot below is good for like a single guy. You know, if you're going by yourself or a buddy, you know, and you don't want to spend a bunch of money. Although I've heard boats are running pretty high right now, like everything else, but try to get something, you know, something that's manageable for you um, by yourself and you feel safe in and that doesn't look like a piece of crap to, you know, spend a little money because your life literally kind of depends upon it. You know, if you're hunting late November and you fall, you, you could die, like legit die. You hear that all the time with duck hunters. Like it's, it's kind of scary. So just be safe. Oh, that's great advice, man. Yeah. Safety is the most important thing. Um, you know, getting you a setup that, that works for you and, yeah, you know, works for your situation. I think that's, that's all great stuff. Um, you know, man, I, we kind of ran through this this episode, and uh, I know that you don't just hunt water sources. You hunt a lot of different areas, too, and, you know, it was really nice to get a perspective about the water sources since you kind of have, you know, firsthand experience with it, and, you know, 
also that you're a local guy, you know, you're, you're yeah. from Missouri and we're from Missouri and, you know, we, I like to connect with those, those folks and learn a bit about what their hunting strategies are. And so, I got to learn a so lot from you, you today. Do you have a boat? I do not. I, uh, I tried the kayak once on a, on yeah. uh, a river that I have a piece of permission to hunt. And I, I did that a couple of times going in and out. But uh, when the water levels change, that gets all difficult. So I found a different way to get access. But I would right. think that the uh, the kayak would have been the best way to go. Yeah, yeah. I've situation. never tried the kayak before. It seems like if you kill something, that seems like a pretty tough predicament getting a deer on that kayak, <laughs> unless you maybe quarter it up on the bank or something and bring it in. But are, are you thinking about getting into a boat? Like, because I know you guys in Columbia, isn't there like a huge you're right by the river, right? Like the Missouri River? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, there's probably some killer spots around there, huh? There are. And there's a lot of public land. Um, not that anybody needs to know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, yeah. guys. Go for it. <laughs> it sucks. A lot of mosquitoes. Um, yeah. But, no, yeah, no. I, I think I I think it's another, you know, tool in the arsenal. And I'm definitely yeah. interested in, in it. I don't know if I'm going to get one right away. Just right. from the spots that I hunt. I don't really need one besides maybe a little kayak or something. Um, I did back in college, there was a big lake right next to the college and it was public ground all around it. And we canoed, uh, to get to some of the hunting spots that we hunted. But other than that, no, I haven't had a lot of of experience with the big boat. You know, um, I see what, who's made it popular. The hunting public has made it really popular and, and Ted killed a pretty big one in Missouri yeah, from did. a boat yeah so there's a lot of advantages to uh to using a boat and i just uh i don't know them all so i was I had to get you get you on and, and talk yeah. to you about <laughs> what all that entailed right well if you get into one just holler at me i definitely I, 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 I want to go back i want to kind of go up there and check some of that stuff out you guys have public you should definitely yeah. and if uh you know if you just need a, a point in the right direction you know i I uh, went to college close to the Missouri River, so I kind of know the areas a little bit. Okay. Yeah, we did a – I was doing a – I kind of told you before, and I do some, like, video and professionally. We were doing a hunt, and we started in northern Missouri on public. We found a lake somewhere up there, and it was like no one – like, we found one guy that was hunting it, and he was from Florida. Oh, wow. And that's it. And, like, no one was hunting it. And there was – within – Within, there was two guys that were hunting. I was filming one guy. The other guy was just hanging out with us. And the first day on the lake, I dropped the other guy that was hunting with us off in a cove. And then me and the guy I was filming went over on another piece of the lake. And as soon as we launched our boat or me and the other guy were hunting or scouting, he texted us and was like, I just jumped a 160, like monster. And we're like, no crap, dude. Like, no way. So then we started hiking in, started finding sign. And... He is the guy I'm filming. We walked for like 20 minutes, finding really good sign, and he has to take a leak. So he's sitting there with his dick in his hand, oh, and man. he's peeing. He's peeing right by a cedar thicket, and I swear to God, dude, like I couldn't get my camera up in time. I wish I would have captured it. There was a buck, a doe first, come running through the cedar thicket directly at us. I'm talking like three yards from oh us. Oh my God. And right. And she saw us luckily and ditched off. And about a one fifty was right behind her Holy and was smokes. like three yards from us and ran off. 
And this was within the first 30 minutes of hunting there. Well, uh, and it was all boat in access. Jeez. <laughs> you know what's going to happen now, right? You know, everybody's going to be looking at Missouri. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's I see your I see your uh, your strategy there. You know we just got done talking Shoot. about the Ozarks. Now we're going to uh, everybody's going to though. <laughs> yeah, I need to shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, no worries on that end. You know, uh, you gotta have a boat out. first, Ble- right? Hey, can, do you edit these? Yeah, I do. Live. All right, be- bleep out those locations. All right. Yeah, I <laughs> I'm will. Serious. Seriously, if you don't mind, because we're thinking about going back up and hunting. I'll do year. some sound effects. <laughs> Or okay. something like that. Yeah, just to right. keep Sorry, it interesting. Guys. <laughs> Sorry guys, yeah, we're we're uh we're gonna keep that to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now uh before we get off here, man, uh do you wanna do some more plugs and, and tell us where we can find some of your content at? Yeah, uh we just have an Instagram and a YouTube. The Instagram is uh at hunting underscore the underscore Ozarks and then on YouTube you just search hunting the Ozarks and we should be the first thing that pops up. So Right on. Subscribe guys. Go subscribe, hit those like buttons, watch them. I'd appreciate it. Definitely. And there's a lot more videos than we discussed today about you hunting and, and killing deer and turkeys and all kinds of other stuff that a lot of outdoor folks and hunting folks would love to enjoy. So I appreciate you coming on, Zach. It was a really good time. I learned a lot in just a short amount of time, and hopefully we can have you on again soon in the future. Yeah, man. I appreciate it, too. It was nice talking to you. All right, folks. We'll see you on the next one.